Hello, friends. I am Lynn McLaughlin. And I'm Karen Iverson Riggers. And this is Real, real by <laughs> Let's get real. Real emotions, real experiences. Join us to explore authenticity and how to get real with yourself and others. Hello, friends, and welcome to another podcast of Real Vibes Only. This is Karen Iverson Riggers. I am here with my co-conspirator, my person, Lynn McLaughlin. We're so glad to have you with us. Hello. So we, you know, it's like the turning of the seasons. We've been doing a lot of work planning for what the year ahead is going to look like. Um, in our world, both personally and in our work. And we are just really like, really fired up about some of the new work. That's not really new. It's just maybe like putting work together. That might be a better way to put it for the coming year. And we wanted to share a little bit about why, like, why would one want to take an eight week class on emotion? Why is it so important that we take time to really sit with, understand, and unpack our relationship with emotion? Why? So today we are going to talk about um, two exciting things that we are bringing to community and bringing to life. These are these are like dream projects, friends. I have to tell you, you're going to hear us just get like all excited, all excited, all a Twitter. That's what <laughs> Ari says sometimes. I'm all a Twitter. He used to say that. You'll hear us get all a Twitter about um, these upcoming offerings because it's been an opportunity for us to put a lot of our work together and to be able to share it with others, to share some of what we've learned, to share what other teachers have taught us, right? It, we're really excited um, to bring these offerings into community, these dream offerings. So the first one that we're going to talk about is called Missing Peace. And it is an offering for youth. And we say youth pretty broadly. So like age 14 to 25, because somehow that magical 18 and you're an adult and figure it all out, it doesn't really make sense to us. So 14 to 25, um, it combines a lot of a lot of concepts from youth ECPR, but also adds on a really powerful component around exploring emotion. So I think I'll ask this to Lynn. You ready, Lynn? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why? Why the missing piece? I am. Yes, I get really, 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 really excited about talking about emotion, um, primarily because it is the missing piece. It is, you know, when we look at our lives and all the resources we have available to us around physical health and exercise and nutrition and um, then we look at mental health and gratefully mental health has been increasing in resources over the last few years. Um, there's meditation, there's mindfulness all around thought 
and thinking processes and all the therapies that come along with that. But there's not a space to just feel. And there's not a space to acknowledge the emotions that come up for us. So as we've been developing this, it's, you know, I, it's been a little bit of a selfish project from the perspective of the awareness that I have had around my own emotions and how come they show up and why do they come out sideways and why don't I want to dance with that emotion and creating this space to really start that deep inner journey of learning who we are more. Um, I love the when we do that, when we get into that space of self-awareness, we not only deepen who we are, but we deepen how we relate to others and how we connect with others. So yeah, I am super stoked about all of it. And having, you know, they end up being kind of awkward, kind of uncomfortable um, opportunities because there isn't anything like that right now where you can go and just go, you know what, I'm really angry. Or, you know what, my sadness is is over the top today. Um, we have become a, a country that deflects emotion all the time. And to know that our journey is creating those spaces to do that gets me really excited. And especially young people. Um, I think that's been a pretty common response in the trainings that we do is why didn't I have this when I was younger? Or I wish I would have had this when I was younger. So we're going to start helping young people learn it not even learn it, get back in touch with it because we had it when we were babies. Yeah. You know, there was nothing that stopped us from crying or, you know, it, it was, it's a biological instinct that just shows up. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. I get really excited from the aspect of exactly what you were saying, which is we heard, we hear all the time from folks that we're connecting with, like, oh, I wish I would have heard this 20 years ago, 30 years ago, <laughs> when I, when I was younger, because I think there's so much that happens. You mentioning that emotion is a biological response that gives us information about ourselves and the world around us, right? It helps us make decisions. It helps us, it helps motivate us. It helps um, it helps let us know when there's danger or something that we really shouldn't be thinking about doing. <laughs> and so these are very instinctual response responses. And over time, sometimes it's from our family of origin. Often it's from our individual family and collective cultures. We're taught maybe certain emotions are good or bad, or certain emotional responses are good or bad, or really didn't get to see models of what it was like to really kind of roll with the waves of emotion. And so there's lots of emerging science, you know, I geek out about science. There's lots of emerging <laughs> science that's catching up with what we know as humans, which is unprocessed or um, suppressed emotion comes out all sorts of ways. And it might look like a mental health diagnosis, and it might look like addiction, and it might look like um, 
Oh gosh, it could look like all sorts of different things. It could look like not being able to feel anything at all, right? Being really shut off. And so this idea of getting information in the hands of youth, right? To be able to reconnect them with their relationship with emotion feels so powerful. And I have to say, right, as a parent, as a parent, all of the things I'm trying to do with emotion, teaching kids, our kids about emotion, making space for their emotion, but there's not a lot of guide on how to do this. (laughs) So, so it is, I think, what I'm most looking forward to about connecting with youth is all of the things they're going to teach us Mm. about emotion. Yeah. And I think when you were, um, when you were talking about all the messaging that we get and all the conditioning that we get as adults um, or as, as we grow and evolve, um, there's an opportunity with young people to help them embrace their emotional selves and really honor it. You know, we talk often about how those suppressed emotions oftentimes show up as mental health challenges um, because there are so many emotions that have been pushed aside. I had a lovely conversation this week with a woman who has her PhD in emotional intelligence. And she talked too about that, not only the biological response, but it is the first biological response that we have in response to something outside ourselves. Like that is the limbic brain. That's the first place that we have, we create a perception or I don't know how you want, I'm not using the right, I'm not the science geek in this, in this partnership. Um, (laughs) um, But recognizing that that's the first response and um, how quickly we shift from emotion to thinking and helping people to slow down long enough to allow that emotion to be. um, And we, that was one of the beautiful pieces of COVID was that ability to slow things down. And I think our world is trying to ramp up again. And I think we need to push against that as much as we can to allow ourselves to process present moment emotion, as well as all of the emotions that we have held for a long time, because they don't go away until we experience them. And sometimes they get really, really big because there's so many situations that those emotions showed up and we pushed them away. So I I get really excited about young people not having the baggage that I do at 59 years old and all the years that um, I always knew my emotions were there, but they were, there were so, there was so much conditioning around it. Like, don't be weak, you know, just get over it. It's not that bad. All of the ways that emotions are dismissed and invalidated and minimized and ridiculed. Um, and when we can create that space, there is beauty and freedom and peace that comes from that. Not all the time, but you know, more times than not when I allow it. And this this opportunity, I think, too, for youth to be able to explore this at a really complicated time 
you know, it's, it's complicated to navigate the world as it is as an adult. And youth are trying to do this to navigate the world and understand what's happening in our world. At the same time, right, they're going through this really like pivotal developmental time in their life where they're trying to figure out like, who am I? <laughs> right? Who am I? And so this idea of having youth be able to connect with one another in that in that space and in that way, um, and and to get a lot of the information into their hands about talking about emotions as biological response, talking about emotional boundaries. Mm, we could and talk for hours about that. We could that talk one. for hours about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That seems right for another podcast, another <laughs> another boundaries, chat, emotional boundaries chat. Yes. All right, stay tuned, friends. It's coming. <laughs> and uh, talking about, and then talking about how to listen and how to really listen to ourselves. And then as Lynn had mentioned earlier, a lot of times that self-awareness and that connection is opportunity for greater connection with other people. So that's that's all kind of encompassing right is this this connection piece learning how to listen and then this piece of what happens right what happens when we are connected with emotion what happens and i think some of it is at least i can say this personally that there um and still are a little bit like emotions that i'm afraid of mhm mm and afraid of holding. And so it's most often that I will like suppress those feelings and they're still there. Yeah. Those emotions are still there. So the idea of how to also, I think, break some of, break some of the fear around talking about emotion and feeling emotion. And that's all, that's all, all in, um, in the missing piece curriculum for youth so it's really exciting we're we're just like years years ago like three years ago we were like oh we should we should write a thing like we should write some <laughs> curriculum about this we should write a book or we should do a, a something or I don't know what and, and it's here we we did we did this absolutely pretty exciting the other piece that I think is so valuable about beginning that emotional journey or that that journey inward to start to look at all of those, like you mentioned, the emotions that maybe we're afraid of or emotions that maybe bring up shame within us um, is also the piece around self-compassion and constantly recognizing that where we are is okay and it's not and I'm part of this, I'm saying to myself, which I think we do often, what we're sharing is what we need to hear. Um, but it doesn't matter how old you are. And I mean that in the context of young people. I mean that in, you know, at every age in the game, we're learning. And some of this stuff is so new and so radically different than what we have held in the past. Um, that it feels uncomfortable and there may be messaging around that. Like it's really, really interesting, the stuff that comes up and the ability to challenge it and say, no, I'm human. And 
and allow it. Um, but the, oh, it's such a beautiful journey and it's awkward and uncomfortable and um, at times painful, but so worth it because, you know, we, we also talk about, you know, we talk about mental health, we talk about physical health. There are lots of resources for spiritual health, but emotional health, there isn't a lot of talk about. And when you think about your limbs, it would be like, let's just forget about the left arm for a while. Um, and that's, and that it's even more than that. It's more than 25% of our human experience. And for so many of us, it's been pushed aside as nonsense. And it's not at all. It's not at all. In fact, it's what makes us human. And it's what makes our experiences in life deeper, richer, um, more profound, uh, rather than all in the head and in the thinking mode. Love that. All of that. <laughs> I was just like sitting with all of that wisdom you just dropped on, on me there <laughs> for a second. I was like, whoa, whoa. That the, the piece around um, discomfort, mm -hmm. right? And um, I know you had mentioned when you had the conversation this week that she brought up, Oh, if you really sit with an emotion, it's like 90 seconds. Yeah. 90 seconds, 90 seconds. And all of the things that we do out of discomfort to push it away, to distract and, and to name that again. And I, I know we've said it here before, but I, I'm saying it again, largely because I need to hear it too. <laughs> I love it's, that. Is sometimes we do these things and it's self-protection, right? Mm -hmm. That we have to do it because it's not safe to sit with the emotion in that moment or in front of the person that we're with, or there's lots of different reasons, but it's this journey of having self-awareness that we're choosing to do that. And then thinking about coming back to it later or thinking about how we might honor that emotion, that, that, that idea of having that awareness as a step in our process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I know you and I have talked about it before that 90 second piece and how a lot of people would say, no, I have emotion for hours and hours and hours. And the truth to that is, are you really allowing it? And it, it gets bunched up and um, the ability to put words to it or to allow and feel it. I think there's, we say often um, that connection or healing happens in relationship. And when we can have someone witness our emotion without the judgment, without dismissal, without invalidation, and we're just seen and held exactly where we are, um, if you have not had that experience, I encourage you to find someone who you can be that with. Um, I often talk about how important it is to have cry friends. You know, is is crying something that you can do and who who will be present with you without judgment when you cry? And then when you add in all of the dimensions of all the other emotions, who will be with you when you're angry? Who will be with you when you're happy? Who will be with you when you're frustrated? And they're and not 
you know, we have to hold that space for ourselves, but there is healing that happens when we can have all of those in the presence of other people without fear. Because I think so often that fear piece comes from the judgment of others. That's where our fear comes from. Not as much that we're afraid to hold it, but what's going to happen on the outside. And yeah, that's why we do what we do. You said why? That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why. I'm um, I'm reading Kristen Neff's book right now on self-compassion. Oof. Really powerful. Um, but she says in the book, if you can feel it, you can heal it. Ooh. Right? Yeah, I wrote that down huh. a couple times. Because, <laughs> yeah. be, because of the, I think of how complicated emotion can be around some of the experiences and some of the things that have happened to us. Mm. And I think about in processing those really difficult things, thinking about, so I'm saying thinking, right? Because often it's so much about thinking, like, right? Thinking and thinking and shifting my thinking about it and I just wonder about what if our experience was more about feeling? What if our experience was more about feeling it? What might happen? Okay. <laughs> Very <in>. good. Okay, <laughs> cool. 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 In. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so we're also really excited in 2023. Um, we will be offering a course called Emotions Education 101. And this was created by someone named Hillary Jacobs Hendel, who wrote a book called It's Not Always Depression. And this book and her work is all about talking about repressed and suppressed emotion and what happens, what happens, that it shows up sometimes as depression or anxiety it shows up sometimes in the way that we we label or externalize behaviors, right? That folks have, and um, and sometimes that can be influenced by suppressed and repressed emotion. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this in the context of like really divisive dialogue that's happening right now, and especially as we're coming into election season, mm -hmm. and this idea of wow, what if we were curious about what suppressed and repressed emotion are you dealing with that brought you to this place? <laughs> That's real. Um, it's real. It's real. It's a real feeling. I'm happy. <laughs> um, so this, this idea um, from It's Not Always Depression out of this book came some really incredible work in creating an eight-week class um, about emotion and about something called the change triangle, which is this really cool tool to help us examine kind of where we are in our relationship to emotion that's happening. And it talks about, the change triangle talks about inhibitory emotions like guilt and shame that get layered on top of sometimes emotions that we're feeling. And it also talks about kind of core emotions, these emotions that we may or may not have relationship with that are core to our being human. 
And the change triangle is a way to work, work with feeling, to really feel, feel the emotion, to get into, as Hilary Jacobs Hendel calls it, an open-hearted state mm -hmm. where we're calm and curious and connected. And so there's lots of really, I really, I can talk about why I love the course and why I was drawn to it. I, I love it because it gives some really tangible tools in how to build a relationship with emotion, in how to sit with the discomfort that comes with emotion and really practical tools like, okay, now what do, what do I do with this, <laughs> right? What do I do with this emotion that's happening. And I love, um, I really appreciate the messaging that doesn't pathologize, doesn't say there's something wrong with you. That's one of the things that drew me to this course the most is it's not about what's wrong with how you're reacting. It's not about what's wrong with you. But it is about thinking about how I can move into a more open hearted state where we all want to be right we want to be in that state where we're calm and we're curious and we're connected and we feel content right that's that's kind of where we want to be and so I love I love the the guidance I love the and I love that the course doesn't put it into this like what's wrong with you framework and you have to think you know think your way out of it it, it really it really gives um kind of a guidebook on how we build relationship with emotion all the things all the things yeah <laughs> yeah what else how absolutely about you? I was yeah. gonna say absolutely so often we spend our time in our heads like thinking um and again I I too love the framework where it's slow down you know pay it's one of the most beautiful pieces <clears throat> excuse me um, is it's very holistic. And I mean that in the purest sense possible, like it brings in emotion and emotion shows up in the body. And we talk about where is it in your body? And um, how does our breathing relate to our emotions? And how does, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how are all of the all of the pieces of emotion. And like I said, the, the piece around the discomfort of emotion. And I love the non-judgmental piece as well. Like there isn't a judgment that when you get angry, you completely dissociate and sh shut down. That's not a thinking disorder um, or a diagnosis. It's that you've never had the space or time to sit with that emotion and really look at it. Because, and there's all kinds of reasons, right? Because of cultural conditioning, because of um, family conditioning, school, you know, systemic conditioning. And then also the fact that life goes really flipping fast. And when do you have the opportunity to slow down? So I love that the eight week course gives you that opportunity to slow down, slow way down for an hour and a half. And really start recognizing all of these 
beautiful, complex things that happen within us that have been created over time as a way to navigate emotion. And again, the no judgment piece, because we all have a bazillion defenses that we use to avoid it. And that's not, again, not judging anything as good or bad or indifferent. That's just who we are. And allowing the space for that is really powerful. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the defenses piece. And that's a big part of the Emotion Education 101 um, course, as well as talking about defenses. And if you're not familiar with that term, or the use of that term defenses is what we do to avoid the discomfort of what we're feeling. So it could be lots of different things. It could be scrolling through social media. It could be... Um, it could be eating, it could be shopping, it could be just like walking away from the feeling, it could be not feeling anything at all. It could be tons of different things. And these are really, these defenses, as I mentioned before, are not, um, we really wanna lift up and say, it's like not about judgment about what we do to avoid emotion because sometimes we have to. Sometimes we have to, that's just reality, right? I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, right? Like if I am right in the middle of cooking something real hot on the stove, like go walk away and, and take five minutes to go <laughs> probably feel what I'm feeling when it's going to bubble over on the stove, I can turn it off and go, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's, there's some reality, right. To that, um, that we can't. And so it's having some awareness. It's having awareness of what those defenses look like for you and building awareness about what I might want to do instead and building awareness about when we're, when we're using them. Yeah. And I love the, the non, again, the non-judgment part and creating a space and Karen and I often we don't call it a safe space we call it a brave space allowing for that really intimate vulnerable look within and we aren't going to tell you what that looks like you get to define what that looks like and especially in the area of defenses or coping mechanisms there's all kinds of different labels we could put on them. And the reality is there's no judgment. It's the way that your life was created based on everything you have experienced from the time you took your first breath. And there is no judgment. It's an opportunity to look at it and is this serving me? Or, and even that's kind of a really, really big question because sometimes it is. <laughs> and yeah. allowing for that, the ebb and flow of imperfection and humanness in all of the the offerings and opportunities that we share to create that within yourself. Um, and there is so much, so much grace in all of that. And it feels really good. It does. It really does. <laughs> it really does. And um, I was I was laughing a little bit when you were like, you, you know, saying you get to decide, you get to decide what this looks like for you. Right. And 
And sometimes when we have folks come through um, training or courses with us, they'll be like, yeah, but you didn't give me like tools and tell me what to do. And we're like, well, probably we're not going to, <laughs> which is, you know, sometimes real frustrating, right? Just tell me what to do. Um, but what we can provide and what I think um, these really incredible courses provide are some guideposts and to also know that we're not the only ones that I'm not alone in struggling with my relationship with emotion, that I'm not the only one who uses defenses when things get uncomfortable, that I'm not the only one who really struggles with expressing certain emotions and carries a lot of baggage around them, that I'm not the only one who's struggling with how to hold space for other people's emotions that make us uncomfortable. Another piece that I think is really important is the ability to deepen your trust in yourself. Like so many times people, if you see someone, for example, crying, we make the assumption they're sad, they're, you know, whatever's going on and we try to fix it. And some, for some people, maybe sadness comes out as a smile. You know, I, I have people in my life that that's true. And knowing that you get to label it, you get to say what it is, you get to say how it feels, um, just all of those pieces, there is such, it's such a beautiful process. And it, again, awkward, sloppy, messy, uncomfortable, beautiful process of deepening the trust within yourself. If it feels like something to you, that's what it is. And you can honor that and sit with it and not judge it. And recognizing when you are, um, that happens all the time too. I think sometimes we're our worst critic. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, this is all about what I'm reading in my self-compassion book. <laughs> that's it. That's, oh, we are our own worst critics. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we often are. And in the book, it talks about um, how criticism and that self-criticism and that judgment is actually a survival tool. Mm. It's actually a survival tool because, you know, way, way back in the day when we had to think about more imminent threats, we had to be quick to judge. Oh, sure. We had to be real quick to judge. And so we still have that instinct. We still have that instinct. So I think it's helpful sometimes putting those things in a framework of saying like, and this is why, like when I'm making these judgments, it's a survival instinct, but it's gone a little awry, like awry, you know, like, whoa, nope, nope. That's not actually what that instinct was for <laughs> when, when it comes to being really critical of ourselves. Yeah. Interesting. So Lynn said ebb and flow before, which if at home, if you want to create a little like jar every time we say ebb and flow, and this is how we came up with the name for our cooperative, because we talk, we say so much about talk about the ebb and flow of emotion and the ebb and flow of connection. But if you want to ebb and flow with us, we have a website <laughs> 
Ebb and Flow Cooperative. The and is spelled out. And on that website, you can find lots of great resources. So like some of the things that we've talked about, you'll find um, like more reading or connection with other sources. So that's a great place to go for that. We also put our podcasts up there. If you haven't listened to all of our podcasts, there's you can you can click easy click right there. And we also list all of our upcoming courses and trainings and the registration links. So that's a, a great place to go to check out all things, all things Ebb and Flow Cooperative, Connections Cooperative. So you can kind of stay tuned in that way. We're on social media too. You can find us there. Every once in a while. Every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Room for improvement. <laughs> as often as we can. As often as we can. You'll find us there <laughs> to keep in touch. And we love keeping in touch with you. So send us a message. If you have ideas for future episodes, like we'd love to hear you talk about, I don't know, what do you want to hear us talk about? Um, we would love to hear your ideas as well. So we are so grateful you took some time today to listen. Thank you so much for being with us. And take take a little emotion break. Take take ninety seconds after after you're done here, and uh, and see what's going on. Feel feel those feelings. Feel the feels. Feel the feels. All the feels. We're so glad to be with you. Thank you for listening to Real Vibes Only. We'll see you next time.